know there was a hole in my heart, but the doctors didn't know why it traveled up to my brain. And I remember it happened in school. And I remember I was transported in an ambulance and my dad thought, because I'm a chronic complainer, my dad thought like, oh, she's just trying to get out of school. But my dad found out they put, I believe, a catheter in me. And then my dad knew it was serious. I remember waking up not knowing who everyone was. Like, I couldn't remember my mom, my dad, my siblings, you know. It was really hard. When I woke up, I, I couldn't move half my body, and that was really scary, and I couldn't talk as well. So, like, all these feelings were, like, being a nine-year-old little girl, I was scared, I was angry, and I was really upset. I was sent to a BOCES instead of my actual school because everything got too much, but there was a gap where I went to school, but my mom made sure I get back on track. Like, she would do, like, flashcards, and she would do, like, easy multiplications, easy, like, math questions, so it would be more easier on me. I know it's hard for you at the moment. I do have a loved one that actually is a stroke survivor. I told them that um, like your life is not over and you can still do things, but you're going to have to modify it because I have to modify it as well. And that's okay. Hello, this is Mark Goodyear. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. In this episode, we'll hear the experiences of two survivors. First, Chloe Sasso from New York, who suffered a stroke 10 years ago at the age of nine. I was actually a very active kid, like climbing trees, hanging out with friends, going on walks with my family and whatnot. You know, just doing irregular things like a nine-year-old should, playing with my friends at other people's houses and whatnot. I know there was a hole in my heart, but the doctors didn't know why it traveled up to my brain. And I remember it happened in school. And I remember I was transported in an ambulance and my dad thought, because I'm a chronic complainer, my dad thought like, oh, she's just trying to get out of school. But my dad found out they put, I believe, a catheter in me. And then my dad knew it was serious. I remember waking up not knowing who everyone was like I couldn't remember my mom my dad my siblings you know it was really hard when I woke up I I couldn't move half my body and that was really scary and I couldn't talk as well so like all these feelings were like being a nine-year-old little girl I was scared I was angry and I was really upset like a week before I was a very active kid and like the next thing I knew like I couldn't move I was in the hospital, I believe, for a couple of weeks, and then they sent me to a rehab center where they uh, did occupational therapy and physical therapy. They worked on like my hand exercises and like my, my leg. I gained that back with my foot. Like I began walking again. Actually, fun little story about that. My mom was, I think, she was out that day, and I started walking. And uh, when she got back, I said, Mom, look what I can do. And I stood up and my mom was like, oh, my God, why are you walking? Sit back down. And I said to her, Mom, I got this. And that was a really proud moment for me. The stroke disrupted Chloe's education. I was sent to a BOCES instead of my actual school because everything got too much. But there was a gap 
where I went to school, but my mom made sure I get back on track. Like she would do like flashcards and she would do like easy multiplications, easy like math questions. So it would be more easier on me after we moved. There was a gap again in September and then I went back to school in November. My teacher was like, very kind because she knew that I was like struggling and she would help me with like one-on-one stuff. I had really bad anxiety with groups so like she would help me with like multiplication and stuff like that like their fifth grader would do. High school was horrible. I got bullied a lot because of my disability. It was horrible but since everything happened with COVID the bullying kind of like stopped and I went to a program. It's like a trade school during my junior year and my senior year and so I would go to school like I would go to my regular high school and then I would go to my trade school like half day and then it was an everyday thing and I met amazing friends who didn't judge me for like who I was and what I did like they understood. Chloe's stroke also led to other medical complications. A week ago, I found out that I have epilepsy. There was a actually a uh, epilepsy specialist. He uh, told me it was um, linked to stroke because turns out whenever like whenever I get scared, I put my arm up, and turns out that is a technically a seizure, and I like zone out, and that's called I believe an absent seizure. And my triggers are when I get like really stressed and loud noises. It's not like when I see like bright lights because I'm fine with bright lights. I mean. Yeah, they are a little bit annoying, but it's not to the point where I would seize. And I had a seizure earlier today. I had three different seizures, but it's not life-threatening to the point where I need to go to the hospital. And the reason why I found out, because I fell in a store and they called an ambulance and I was sent to the hospital and they did all these sort of tests. They wanted to do an MRI, but I refused because I'm claustrophobic and I can't be in for a smog tube for very long. And I can't, like, hold still for very long. So they believed that I was seizing for years, but, like, the doctors didn't see it. And I was actually, like, seizing during my talk with the epilepsy specialist. He said that, by the way, that I was talking to him, that, like, there were signs that I did have epilepsy. And Chloe's advice to other stroke survivors? I know it's hard for you at the moment. I do have a loved one that actually is a stroke survivor. I told them that um, like your life is not over and you can still do things, but you're going to have to modify it because I have to modify it as well. And that's okay. Coming up in the second part of Stroke Stories... I went over to my refrigerator and I kept dropping stuff in my refrigerator and I couldn't understand why I couldn't pick it up. Right after that, I kind of slumped right my, my whole right side into the refrigerator. And then my daughter, who saw me, she's like, Dad, why are you in the, in the refrigerator? And at that time, I couldn't talk. All I say was yes. And then they get me to the, um, the helicopter to another hospital that had more events to it. Then I had surgery into my groin, all the way up to my brain. And I had some type of wire that had a blockage. My whole right side, my face, my arm, leg were all paralyzed. But now it's a lot more. But you can see as, as in my speech, you can kind of tell that I'm kind of missing gaps in my 
in my vocabulary in my speech. But the no, uh, speech therapy, I have a little hearing damage. And then also probably some numbness in my nose a little bit. Physically, I'm fine. I'm right now doing the Peloton. My stroke is still fairly new. It's about two weeks ago. So I'm still going through the doctors. You don't have to sit there in the darkness by yourself and, you know, have somebody to help you and you, know, you have your support group. Because emotional days are going to come. You're going to be crying, you're going to be angry, you're going to be frustrated. You don't know why, all that stuff. But like I said, each day that you have processed, every, uh, each day that you have improving, that's, that's a good day, a good fight. So stay in the fight and keep going. Let's hear from Mike G from Washington, D.C., who suffered a stroke in August 2022 at the age of 40. I was doing IT stuff and then also on the side, I was doing personal training and also doing a little bit of bodybuilding as well. The stroke, I had finished working out, doing weight training, and I came upstairs and I was get showered up. And then I came upstairs in my kitchen and I was just cooking dinner. I went over to my refrigerator and I kept dropping stuff in my refrigerator and I couldn't understand why I couldn't pick it up. Right after that, I kind of slumped right my, my whole right side into the refrigerator. And then my daughter, who saw me, she's like, Dad, why are you in the, in the refrigerator? And at that time, I couldn't talk. All I say was yes. And then she also saw that the right side of my, of my face had uh, slumped down. And then she went outside to talk to my wife. And she came in and she saw what was going on. And then uh, she said, hey, you know, you know she kind of called me, what's going on? And then she uh, immediately went to, um, to 911. After that, the EMT came. And then they get me to the, um, the helicopter to another hospital that had more events to it. Then I had surgery into my groin, all the way up to my brain. And I had some type of wire that had a blockage. My whole right side, my face, my arm, leg were all paralyzed. 48 hours after surgery, my right side that was, that was paralyzed, it all came back. I started having speaking more. They did say during the brain scan that I had a real severe brain damage, but the brain was, I guess, uh, adapting or trying to compensate for severe brain damage. So, you know, I had a different, different brain uh, doctors and heart doctors. And after about two days in the hospital, I got discharged. So right now, you know, I have a severe aphasia. I forget words or I can't understand vocabulary or I can't um, understand what you're saying. So I have to, you know, talk people just to slow down a little bit. And then, you know, just having a full sentence I couldn't have. But now it's a lot more. But you can see as, as in my speech, you can kind of tell that I'm kind of missing gaps in my, in my vocabulary, in my speech. But the uh, speech therapy, I have a little hearing damage. And then also probably some numbness in my nose a little bit. Physically, I'm fine. I'm right now doing the Peloton. My stroke is still fairly new. It's about two weeks ago. So I'm still going through the doctor's appointments every day. Can't fully work out today, but I can do Peloton. I have disability uh, from work. Mike thinks his previous focus on health and fitness improved his chances of a quick physical recovery. It would probably save my life. The doctors had saw a scan, x-ray of my uh, 
brain to see uh, how much brain damage it was. Man, and the doctor was like, if you wasn't have so much, so much health, you know, you probably be a whole lot more damaged than you was before. For bodybuilding perspective, the lifestyle is a lot of sacrifices and time. But now after this, I want to spend more time uh, with my kids and my my wife, and you know, and put my my personal goals aside and just kind of you know have them with the family time. I know that you know wife is fleeting, you know, so I don't want to have a legacy and have them see as much time as possible, you know, because which fear about me is having that fear of having another stroke alone. Then again. As much time that I have here, I want to have as much time with them, you know? We're doing all the heart testing. Normally, you're supposed to have, like, three valves. Two valves have um, combined in one. So they're just looking at testing to see what could happen. And Mike thinks you should embrace new emotions you experience during your recovery. Even going through the whole process, I didn't have any physical pain. I didn't, help, I didn't hurt anything at all. But with SCAR now, it's the emotional side of it is seeing my ch- my child not notice that, you know, he see his daddy going to die or seeing my wife not going to know that she's going to die or seeing my mom, my dad just died four months ago. So she's not seeing that her son is not going to die right after her husband just died four months ago. You know, you'll see all the emotional stuff, the fear of you don't never know, you know, if you're not going to have another stroke. I'm still 40, so it's a lot a lot of life to live. You know, you see stroke, you see older folks, right? So somebody like me, 40, very healthy, never drink, I never smoked. Then for me, the stroke, you know, that's that really puts life in perspective. Embrace the emotions because the emotions will come. It's a journey. And then I will say for all the small wins. So whenever you say the doctor says, hey, you're doing good, but each Appointment says, you know, you're doing better. For each appointment that you say, hey, you have a good checkup. For each time you didn't um, have emotional day, you know, every time you, like for myself, I have a long, I have a speech impediment because of my aphasia. For every time I have one sentence, small victory. You know what I'm saying? Every improvement is, is going to keep coming on. Um, every time you go into the doctors, you know, and they say, good job, keep going, keep going. It's a small victories. And stay in the fight because it's going to be a journey. Now it's a part of you. So accept that, you know, and hopefully inspire other people because a lot of people who are going through the same thing go into a group that can have people that can, you know, who can help you, you know, so you, you don't have to fight it by yourself. And there's a lot, a lot of people who's out here who've been through it or and who are going through it. And, you know, you can see you don't have to sit there in the darkness by yourself. And, you know, have somebody to help you and you, know, you have your support group. Because emotional days are going to come. You're going to be crying, you're going to be angry, you're going to be frustrated. You don't know why, all that stuff. But like I said, each day that you have processed, every, uh, each day that you have improving, uh, that's a good day, a good fight. So stay in the fight and keep going. Thank you for supporting and listening to Stroke Stories. Please do recommend the podcast to anybody you think it can help. And if you rate and comment on the episodes that you hear, that will help us spread the word. And if you are a stroke survivor or you know of one and there's a story that you or they could share, please do get in touch. Our DMs are always open on Twitter and Instagram. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.